This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Morning Skate. We got Ked here, your host. Uh, Hal is in the building on this one. Hal, say what's up, buddy. How's it going? Friday night. I can't believe it. Do you believe in miracles? And we have BizDev Dale, who, where can we find you? Grinding in the corners of the analytics. I'm fired to be fired up to be back after my one-game suspension. Hell yeah. And we have Jordy from the Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave. I think we're going to start doing little Friday podcasts with him. Get him on the line. These guys are interesting guys. Ken would be here, but Jordy, why isn't Ken here again? Let's let's hear the story of why this beauty's not here, because it has to be something cool. Um, long and short of it, Ken was up really early trying to get stuff done on the cave. Uh, we got some big plans going on uh, with it, and uh, an opportunity came up, and uh, Ken was uh, laying concrete, doing some some additions to the cave. So, uh, you know, we're giving him tonight off, because uh, we're going to look like we're going to be doing this once a week, so thank you guys for having me, but... Uh, we'll uh, be having Ken uh, probably in the future weeks here, hopefully if he gets some sleep and some rest. Awesome. And and if you don't know who Ken is, in the middle of a quarantine, this guy's out pouring concrete to make sure his ultimate hockey fan cave looks sick. That's all you need to know about that guy. He eats, sleeps, and breathes hockey. So we're going to talk about some stuff now. And we had like a little setup, and Hal, Hal joined us late, and he came up with a good one. Hal, do you want to ask us this question? No, I'd rather, I would rather you preface it. I mean, like if I'm – if I'm being honest with the fans, I feel like I didn't really expect a podcast tonight. I kind of feel like like a goalie, like the other goalie just got like on like six. You're gonna coming in cold. Like I haven't felt a couple shots yet. So if you could, if you could ask it, that'd be great. Okay, so so recently it was in the news that uh, the NHL is thinking about just playing some of the games in Manchester, New Hampshire. If you guys listen to the podcast, this is the same place where the East Coast team, Manchester Monarchs, were supposed to play this year. They backed out, got a silent bidder, were back in, and then pretty much pulled the plug a month before the season and didn't tell anybody. Uh, I used to know the captain of that team, and he's friends with one of my buddies, so I texted her, and I was like, hey, the season's canceled. She texted him. He had no idea. So that's how they ran their shit. Um, but, yeah, they're talking about playing the hockey season in Manchester now. So Hal hops on the line and he says, boys, let's, let, he explains the situation and he's like, beer league wise, would you guys want to extend the beer league a little bit longer into the summer or would you just want to start over? And I think it's a great question. So Jordy, what do you got, dude? Would you, would you rather have your beer league extended so you can finish out playoffs? Cause we were moving on to the semis in our playoffs. I don't know where you were at in your season, but what uh, you- we were knocked out the first two games, double elimination. So uh, okay. started over right away. Um, you know what? It had nothing to do with the goaltending. That's all I'm going to leave there. <laughs> Hopefully none of the guys on my team uh, hear this. But, um, yeah, no, I, I 
as a hockey addict, all I wanted to do is play more games. So whatever the option that gave me as a beer leaguer to play more hockey, lower the the quote unquote off season, which I think for us beer leaguers is just sitting on a patio and having beers. Um, you know, whatever I can do, whatever option it would be that would give the most amount of games and limit the off season to something really really small. Sign me up for that 110%. I just want to play hockey all year round if I could. I think that's a great answer, man. Like, I knew I played a lot of hockey, but up until this quarantine, when I realized I haven't played in a little while, it really makes you, like, realize how much hockey you do play and how much you look forward to it. Like, it's insane. Well, we're going to talk about a movie that you were in a little bit that I watched, but he, he talked about the drive to the rink being sacred. And, oh, boy, God. that hit home, dude. There's nothing like driving to the rink, especially during the summer. Right, like you have some good pop songs on, dude. You're you're wheeling. You got your blade shades. Shout out, you like that? I like and that. You're just little Backstreet Boys. I want it that way to pump yeah. you up. I love well, it. You got some summer skates on from the boys. Check those guys out too. And it's just like that. That drive to the rink's unreal. Biz Dev, what do you have on this? Yeah. So my team also got eliminated first round. Um, but I'm gonna pretend like we didn't and say let's pick it back up in the summer because there's nothing like some summer hockey. Going in, maybe start the playoffs over. I don't know, but fuck, man, I just miss it so much, and I would love to get back out on the ice. Um, That's what yeah. it is. Just just get full back steam ahead, summer hockey, boys. Maybe maybe some hot dogs in the parking lot beforehand. I don't know. Just get it going during the game, in between periods. Oh, maybe. Can you imagine? Yeah, before the game, so I throw them up during the second period. <laughs> no, you're missing as a goalie. You're missing the 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 hockey when you know I got a young daughter, so when she sits in her in her chair to eat when she tosses food. I'm trying to save it from the ground and like actually calculating save percentage on that. So yeah, I'm kind of going through withdrawals on this for sure. How? What would you want? Well, that just reminded me. I don't know if anyone ever did this, but I've seen a lot of videos of like goalies. Like there's like some like machine or something out there that basically like you can like shoot on yourself as a goalie. Like, you know what I have you seen those videos? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And that is awesome. And I was like, I was just thinking like as a kid, you ever, I used to just like bang, like the mini hockey stick, I would just take slap shots at the wall against myself and like try to save like the oh yeah like all day long. That is how I I honestly like I say one of my strongest things is my glove hand. And Hal, to your point, I did it. My parents still tell this story of I would take a you know a little wiffle ball. I had an old Road Warrior you know uh, glove, and I'd take it and I'd bank it off the fireplace, and the net was my was a coffee table. And I would just practice that. And even like I always think now, whenever I have those squeakers that kind of are going behind me and I reach back and you're like panicking as a goalie, that was like the best thing I could try to set up as like a kid was a little squeaker almost going in and like pretty much as one of my idols, Kirk McLean, uh, you know, watching him play back on Hockey Night in Canada in the 90s, you know, like pretending I was that. So um, now I hate those squeakers as a goalie in real life, but back in the day, I loved being able to reach back and make those saves. So yeah, I was exactly the same as you, Hal. Dude, you, you nailed that. Like playing one-on-one knee hockey, there was nothing greater because you had the offensive chances, right? Like you could let one rip, but the, it just like the anxiety of a, like a ball rolling behind you or just like diving across and like just making a save with your face, just knowing that like, that was you dude. Like knee hockey was the greatest, but Hal, what would you do beer league wise? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I would just echo the same thing you guys said. Just the fact I think the overall message is just that we miss playing hockey. Like I, I hadn't played for in a league for like five years, and the first year I signed up ended early. That that sucked. We still had a lot of games to go to. We were sitting in first place, which looked nice. 
So, I mean, you feel like a lot's been robbed from you. Uh, I mean, I think they should just give us the championship. I mean, personally, like, I know a lot of people would say I want to earn that championship, but at this point, I'll just take the T-shirt. Typical, Bru- typical Bruins fan, huh? You would no, love I, don't, I don't believe that way about the Bruins. Like, I, if the Bruins were awarded the Stanley Cup, I would think that's dumb. But, like, my beer league team, I mean, like, if it's going to be canceled, like, it was a flash in the pan. Like, teams are going to get delegated. But, like, we'll probably get beat up next year. Okay. All right. I, <laughs> I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think, like, so we were moving on to the semis. Humble brag. I scored the game winner with, like, a minute left in the quarters. So here's here's my thoughts on this. Like, we didn't lose, so I think the championship's ours, and I have the winner. So I, I think I'm set on this season. Also, I play in so many, like, open skates, I think I'd be able to kind of wither through not being on a team and just kind of honing in on my craft. You know what I mean? I think you should just retire after scoring that big game-winning game winning goal. Jory, I am Call like – career, man. I used to have a Microsoft Excel sheet that I would, like, update when I'd get home and be like, oh, yeah, I got that secondary assist there in the second period. It was bad, but, like – all roads lead. Can I get can I get a copy of that, please? Yeah, I could, I could print that out. Maybe we'll frame it for you. Oh my god, frame it, put it in the ultimate hockey. Put it in the cave. cave. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine Ken being like, what the hell is this Excel spreadsheet, first of all? And then second, why is it on and framed in the hockey sticks in Coach's Corner? Well, let me tell you a story, Ken. You should have been there for that podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure that out. You just watch. Uh, but we're talking about beer league, stuff like that. You were just in a movie. So thank you for taking time. I know you must be really busy getting all these offers for other movies. Tell us about it. Because it had KVG. He's coming on the pod soon. I don't know when that's going to be released, but that's going to be really cool. Kane Van Gate. Tell us about it. Yeah, so for I'll just give a little synopsis of Kane Van Gate. If you guys haven't seen him on YouTube, um, you know, he's a, he's a character uh, that uh, his name's Keith uh, plays. So Kaner uh, is uh, pretty much the way when I first met Kaner when he came to the cave was – take Jim Krasinski from the office and add in a beer league hockey goalie who just has not let go of the dream with that kind of, you know, dry sense of humor and witty humor plus that hockey premise. That's what you get with Kane Van Gate. And so this, this movie is, is his hockey journey of coming, you know, he's from St. Louis and that's where, you know, he's, he's checking in on his beer league buddies, teammates the day of making sure, you know, they got, you know, have had enough protein or they slept well, you know, it, it'd be like Hal calling, you kid being like, hey, like, you know, did you sleep well last night? We got a big game going at 1045 on the worst ice, you know, your skate sharp. That type of character, dedicated, driven uh, with that humor. So um, I, we were all huge fans of uh, KVGs from watching the content online, especially because Ken, me, and uh, our, our goalies. So it really resonated with us of that kind of, you know, culture as a goalie. Uh, but he, uh, you know, went through and him and his producer uh, came out to Vancouver uh, recorded with uh, Pavel Barber and uh, Greg at Floorball Plus, uh, Floorball Plus, and uh, they took the trip over to Victoria and spent a, uh, you know, a couple days actually at the cave. And uh, the funny story is, at the time, we didn't even know they were recording a movie. We just thought they had a really nice camera and uh, sat down. And Ken and I were telling stories about the cave and what Ken's done with some of his stuff before the cave. And and uh, eventually, they told us that they were putting it into a movie about uh, Kaner's. A hockey journey from St. Louis to Vancouver and Victoria and the people we met along the way. So it's a really cool, funny, like hockey adventure comedy uh, about Kane Van Gate and his hockey journey. And I got the opportunity to watch it with BizDev. BizDev, what'd you think, dude? Dude, it was, it was unreal. Like, 
I mean, he he starts it off by saying that there's just like not a lot of hockey movies out there. So it was cool to see like a witty one that was more of just like a, you're kind of living in it and it's an adventure and you're you're it kind it kind of it brings like different sides of hockey together like floorball i don't really have too much experience I've never even picked up one of those newer floorball sticks that was really cool to me um victoria and vancouver are absolutely amazing the shots of vancouver just i've been there like five years ago i just made me want to go back and like stay there <laughs> i think i want to live there now because it's just amazing um yeah it's fucking it was fucking sick and every hockey player needs to watch that movie honestly it really it's it seemed to cover like all facets of the game right like and and what was interesting is i'm not a goalie and i never really got that like insight from where you guys come from i guess and i thought that was really really cool uh pavel barber is I mean, his hands, I've never seen anything like that. I was watching it, and he's wheeling around, and he's doing these things. And, and it's not just one move. It's, like, dozens upon dozens of moves. And I'm there, and I'm like, I wonder how long it would take me to master just one of those. And I got up to, like, 10 two-hour practices, and I still don't think I'd be able to do it. Because he's just so fluid and just unbelievable. He's so good at hockey. Yeah, his, uh, you know, what, what makes, you know, as, as great as hands as Pavel has, um, he's, he's one of the nicest people too. I have nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, and, but yeah, you watch, you watch it. And I always really realize that like someone does something really well when like I see his videos or his posts or whatever, or even in person when he was at the cave showing us like floorball stuff. And it's like, you know, you have to hit replay. Like you did, don't get it in one take. You don't get it in one shot. It's like you almost need to like slow it down half percent, fifty percent to really conceptualize what the blade's doing, what the puck's doing. Yeah. Then all the mechanics that go into that. And until you do it, what you did there, Kat, is, is actually go and try and do it. You don't realize, and I've tried as well, how hard the stuff is that he does. But then he does it on the fly. And if you've watched any of his things online, he has just a knack for like he has an idea of what he's going to do when he goes in on a goalie. But then he also has such an arsenal of tools that if the goalie goes full poke check, he has like, you know, he has like five or six different rock, paper, scissors he can use in those that game to do make you look silly. And we did a automatic, like automatically. Yeah. And if we, if on our YouTube, we did uh, way back in the day, kind of when the shoot was going on, we did a Ken went against Pavel Barber in his 1970s gear. And um, Ken just wanted to save one out of ten. So we filmed it. It's on there. You can see it. Ken did. See, spoiler, Ken ended up saving, I think, one or two. But his first approach that Ken wanted was full attack, full-blown poke check back in the 70s. Like, take a piece of Barber if you could. And you'll see Barber just, like, was able to read it, countered, and just made him look silly. And I think that's that's what really makes him really good at what he does. It's not just like, hey, here's my one plan, and if it doesn't work, I'm screwed. It's like he's got he can hit you with so many different things. And, and you nailed it with the rock, paper, scissors, because it's funny. I'll go in on a breakaway, and I'll have, like, a strong idea of what I want to do. And if the goalie reads what I want to do, I'm fucked. I, I'm like, oh, God. And then the puck winds up in the corner. I'm skating to the bench. People are yelling at me. It, it's in, it's insane. Dale, Dale what, do you, what do you think about it? He's incredible. I, I kind of got to say more about what Jordy said about, like, his personality. Like, I've been following him for a while, and I've seen all his stuff, and I've, you know, been kind of enamored by his skill set online and also just the way he can dissect hockey plays like the way his his whole like teaching things and he writes this long thing on instagram about 
know, the way Philip Forsberg came in and just like that's really insightful and uh, he's, he's sharing a lot of value there. But then just to see him in this format of just being a dude, like hanging out at the cave, he just seems like the nicest guy ever. And like, I, not that I didn't expect that, but like it was just really cool to see him. I, like- I, I told I tell KVG this all the time is I, I wish there was, if you've like, I've done a deep dive on all their content and, but their back and forth between KVG and Barber is the best dynamic. Like, and it's all improv. It's all this. And, and, you know, they're just both hilarious and they work so well together that I, I wish we could see almost like a series of it together. Cause uh, the content the two produce from, you know, a goalie perspective, best of handler in the world going against each other in floorball challenges, whatever it may be. It's just pure comedic content, but then also from like an athletic point of view. And like you said, dissecting plays like yeah. Barber brings so much more value than just his stick handling flashy kind of tricks as people call them. But once you get past that, I think he does a great job of captivating people with the tricks, but then he provides value on how to learn how to get better which is what I don't think you see on a lot of social content with people doing the, you know, the stick puck tricks and flex. like they're interesting for a second, but they don't provide you anything that really gets you better as a hockey player. And whoever does that, you know, he's working with Jake for 10 and now of the Canucks and he's worked with a few other NHLers. So I really love seeing people that take something that makes them different. And then they really bring a lot of value to that. I think you guys also nailed the fact that he's just so creative and he just sees the game and you're right. Like, He'll, he'll post a video of, like, Philip Forsberg trying to do something, and he'll tell you exactly why he's doing that because a, a defenseman has a certain angle. They're going at a certain speed. And when people comment on his stuff, he'll comment back, and, like, he'll yeah. have a full-blown conversation with somebody, which makes it it's not just, like, some account. Like, this guy's really knows his shit, and he's, like, trying to help out, and I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And he's bringing, like, the evolution of the game, like, for these younger kids. I love how he's, like, He's like, this Michigan is going to happen. Like, it, you know, he called it before it did. And he's just like talking about how all these creative moves, like, if you're 12 years old, don't be scared to try like a backhand toe drag or like a spinorama move because your coach doesn't want you to. Like, these things are creative and that's what's going to evolve the game. I love that about him. For sure. And, and one. One of my other absolute favorite parts of the movie is when I think they're driving to you guys and there's a sign that says free and there's like 20 hockey sticks on the side of the road. And I, I built an Adirondack lawn chair out of hockey sticks and it took me forever to like get the amount of hockey sticks to do that. And just, oh yeah, here's 20 like sick and like well-used hockey sticks too because the blades were like this big. It was, I thought that was unreal. You don't see that in Saratoga. Yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty crazy because those actually now all sit in the cave. So they don't because they're on the way. So those there's this one that's still super thin banana blade has a hook on it. You know, it, it looks like you could take someone's eye out if you know did a high stick and got behind there and you know all that kind of gruesome stuff. Um, but it's it's pretty it it was such a cool thing for you know it's it's like a meant to be moment. Like these yeah. guys are recording a hockey movie and there's like 30 of these worn down sticks that say free sticks and then they bring them to one of the coolest hockey places on the planet that gives hockey sticks another another life another story what does he what does he do oh, it gives planet Lord. earth assist by recycling all the broken hockey sticks <laughs> that shit too much so we were talking to lee about it i forgot to open with that that one's on me um oh yeah God. so 
I thought uh, this was kind of a cool thing. Uh, Hal was on our Twitter last night, and he retweeted the Bruins were showing. I think it was Game 3, Bruins-Canucks. Uh, Bruins won 8-1, and they had Andrew Ference live tweeting the game, and I got a chance to check it out. And it was cool because he was so, like, genuine about it, like, talking about Sean Thornton drinking 14 Red Bulls and, like, having eight smelling salts and, like, Paye and all these other different guys. And, like, after a goal, he'd hold up a goal horn and, like, drink a beer. It was just – it was cool to see, like – a player break down that game, especially an eight one game, like, and talking about how the Bruins were the big bullies, whatever. So after seeing that, I was wondering, and I was thinking, what, what game would you want played like that? And what player would you want to be live tweeting or telling the inside stories of what's going on? Cause also, wasn't that the game that Horton got hurt? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like if I can answer that question first, I actually thought, I thought that was a perfect game. Like, they're doing it for all the games, and it's been awesome. They did it tonight, too. Seidenberg's doing it right now. He's just tweeting about Adam McQuaid's mullet, and I love stuff like that. And I agree. Like, it's kind of corny, but, like, it's also awesome because it's different perspective. And the guy's always, like, you can tell how, like, emotional and happy they are to be talking about the time they went, especially when they're going to win the Cup. And I thought I, that's such a huge game in, like, Bruins, like, lore. Like, I feel like that's, like, a top-five game if you look back at, like, their decade. And Andrew Ference's stat line – in that game was a goal and assist, six hits in 22 penalty minutes. And so for him so for him to be the one tweeting, like, dude, that's so huge. And just, I don't know, I thought I thought it was awesome. I Like, that game, he mentioned it, that's the game that Horton went down, and that's, like, the game that they started playing physical, and it all changed for the Bruins. And uh, I, remember, I remember that game specifically because I was watching it while working at Dango's, which is an Irish bar. And I was drinking so many Red Bull Vodkas behind the bar. And I was just watching that game. And I think I was in, like, the dish pit that night. I was, like, 18 years old in the dish pit just watching the Bruins crushing Red Bull Vodka. So, great game. I, like, I don't even have to choose it. I just liked that last night. It was pretty cool because he even mentioned, like, Brad Marchand because he was younger back then. And Marchand makes an incredible play in that game. And maybe at that time you didn't know Marchand was going to be the player he is today. But if you're watching that clip, you're like, holy shit, dude. Like, it kind of makes sense. There was, there was just so much to it. So, Jordy, Dev, oh, hell yeah, another thing. I just want to say really quick, if people want to go back and watch that, look up Brad Marchand, shorthanded goal, game three. Um, someone tweeted it out perfectly. Dude, Dude, he, he stripped he stripped Henrik Sedin at center ice on the penalty kill. He went in. He went around Ryan Kessler, and then he scored on Roberto Luongo. Yeah. Like, that was the sequence shorthanded. So check that goal out. But, yeah, that's all I got. Jordy and Dev, do you guys have any moments that you would want something like this yeah yeah so i immediately what came to my mind was paul korea 2003 playoffs against the devils game six off the ice game Uh, that's a good game yeah okay i remember being uh yeah just going crazy with my dad watching that game like seeing him get up after that hit and then scoring, scoring the goal um so that one came to my mind and i actually did a quick google um and it's kind of sad but he, it looks like he doesn't have any memory of that game so i don't know no yeah they, they came out with a video not that long ago about yeah. like when that happened he had no idea where he was he just went back in and that slap shot that he scores gary thorne on what does he say off the floor and on the board that's one of the yeah. best goal calls in the history of the national hockey league yeah. you know what dude i know paul korea's like career ended on a bad note and like he doesn't remember that game so that was kind of somber for a second but it's nice to it's nice to know that Paul Korea during this quarantine right now is probably just like shredding gnar in south in uh, Southern California. He's just hitting the <laughs> tubes and he's riding the waves. You know what I mean? So like, I, that's a great moment, Dale. I love that game too. I thought 
Have you ever looked back? Have any of you ever looked back at that Ducks team? Like guys like Sammy Paulson and like I am right now. This team's unreal. It was, was pretty, it was it was well organized. That's for sure. Stanislav Chistov. Ruslan Soleil. Was that Brian yeah. Burke? Uh, probably. Probably yeah. They I mean this team was unbelievable. Peter Sikora, Steve Ruchin. <laughs> Steve Ruch, Stanis Oslinch. Damn. Who's in net? John Sebastian Shiger. Shiger, yeah. Gigantic wow. pads. He's probably one of the guys that, you know, the goalie forums and stuff, and people talk about why the goalie gear has gone down. He's one of the ones that has been notorious over the years for massive gear that, you know, same with, like, Miller. Like, the guy's a stick, but then looks like he's massive with these big pads. So, but yeah, Shiger, I think, was, yeah, in that there. Am I wrong, or did he just come out of nowhere? Wasn't there, like, something going on with the Ducks goaltending that year or something like that? Or am I, I might be completely off, but I thought a Ducks goalie came out of nowhere and, like, lit up the playoffs one year back in the day. Was it him? I think Jonas Hiller went off one year and got them pretty far. I don't know if that's what you're referring to. I think Shiger was kind of, like, back and forth. I'm sure he was battling with someone, but I don't I don't remember. Maybe wrong. <laughs> but, uh, Jordy, do you have a game there you would want to see something I have, like that? I have two. As a goalie, goalie guy, um... Growing up, Kirk McLean, as I mentioned earlier in this, Kirk McLean. Kirk McLean is the re- is a I've well a couple stories about Kirk, uh, but um, the first one was that I um, I uh, 1994 obviously against the Rangers, the Stanley Cup final, Game Seven. Um, <clears throat> I just want to go through that whole game, like as a Game Seven Stanley Cup final is such a rarity type of experience to get to sit down and chat with somebody you know playoffs or moments of stuff or you know those type of things are pretty crazy but um i think a game seven stanley cup final would be great there's some good moments in that game that would be really cool to talk about one of the moments that's not brought up is when vancouver loses if you look mark messier wins the face off and paul korea takes one of the not paul korea pavel bure takes one of the hardest Baseball swing slashes and just misses Messier right before he celebrates. People don't really realize that happens. If he connected, it would have been a whole lot of trouble. For sure, yeah. No, it's it, the intent is, okay, we get it, but if until you contact. Yeah. Uh, then uh, I think it was in Flurries. Going, I'm a huge Flurry fan as well, which led me into being a Penguins fan back when he was playing in junior and all that stuff. So watching him through the Penguins and everything. Uh, but obviously, two, 2009, when he did the slide over against Lidstrom shot there with the... As the, the game was, like, ending? Led with the chest, and it's something I still do to this day on those type of saves instead of doing your standard butterfly slide across. Um, so, yeah, I would have to say that those would probably be the two I'd love to see. And uh, In Goal Magazine, which is the Goldie magazine pretty much out there, is doing this really cool thing that is very similar to this. Um, <clears throat> to help goalies, they're actually getting goalies like Price and uh, Anderson and a few others to do pro reads. So they are actually showing for Anderson a replay of a play, and he's communicating to the audience about breaking it down. Reading. Yeah, exactly. The breakdown, what he's reading in the moment. And um, I just love that type of stuff as a goalie nerd um, who's never really had a coach or practice or anything like that. that that's a huge value to um to us beer leaguers or people learning so I, i'm just big on those type of insights and hearing kind of behind that nhl professional veil that um, fans we don't really get and it's great now we have so many different ways to do it with like uh, road to the winter classic you know spitting chicklets giving us access to the nhlers and like they're you know what's it like being in the change room or at hotels with these guys 
So, um, yeah, I think, I think for me, uh, I, I just love to see those type of resources, but to answer the question, Flurry in 2009, but I, uh, I don't know, Kirk McLean, childhood hero, the reason I played goalie, um, yeah, that I would love to hear his thoughts on, uh, game seven, 1994. That would be, that would be epic. Uh, mine, the Rangers haven't won a cup since 94. That would have been a good game to break down, but one of the biggest games that they had, at least for me, Marty St. Louis mother passes away. The team goes to the funeral and they go into Pittsburgh or no Pittsburgh comes into New York and he scores the first goal on mother's day. I'm pretty sure right after his mother passed away. It's like a day or two later or something. Yeah. Dude, you can't, you can't write that up. Like that was, like that was incredible. It would have been really cool. Cause after the game, he takes off his hat cause it's the Broadway hat. And he's like, I, I can't give it to anybody because they go to every one of you. I'm so proud to be a New York fucking Ranger. And they have him like in the locker room saying that again, I got chills. That would have been really cool to this day. I think if they got Marty St. Louis the year before they got him, they would have had a cup at least at one point, but not happening. And then uh, honorable mention, Ryan McDonough tying it up against Washington game six, the Rangers won game seven, Derek step on my favorite goal of all time. But uh, Chris Kreider scores off the bench with, uh, like a minute 30 as they're pulling Lumquist and then McDonough uh, wins it in overtime. So that would have been my other one, but I think it's a good question. I hope teams keep doing things like this because I, I'm not even a Bruins fan. I just know that Hal loves the Bruins. So I know a lot about the Bruins because we talk hockey all the time. And like, I knew Andrew Ference is an absolute, like just a warrior. So it was cool seeing that passion that he had, like, and just the long hair drinking beers and just having a great time. So that was awesome. Um, we're going to now hop into a little street hockey talk because I think we should. Um, I saw a picture of uh, Evgeny Malkin wearing those Mars blades. I think I said that correctly. Yep. I, re- I recently just got a pair of uh, Bowers. I just put on the uh, the road wheels the other day, getting out there, stick handling with the puck. Um, as a goalie, I think we I think we talked about it a little bit before, but you still play street hockey goalie. You play out, whatever. What, what do you have on just street hockey and getting out? Because we can't be on the ice right now. I think, obviously, during the time right now, doing it safely and everything, that, you know, distance and and, uh, and and doing what you can, you know, if you have family shooting on you and everything. I think we're just in an age now where, you know, back when we were kids, there was not these options. Yeah. You know, like, I, I remember my first little set of pads my parents got me were these green little foam ones. And now at sports stores and stuff that I go into, it's like, these look like legitimate ice pads with like all this stuff. And then they could training pads and everything. So, you know, if it was me right now, I'd probably, you know, as a kid at home, I'd probably get in like some of those synthetic tiles. So I could do my slides in my pads, working out, kind of keeping those muscles going. Um, but I think it's, I, the more older and older I get, you know, everyone's location and where they live and the space they have determines what you can do so if you have a nice road out front and you're not you know playing road hockey on a hill uh which we're very fortunate at the cave to have one a really nice road out front is i i think i think it's easier to get more people out playing with just going with feet because you don't need an extra accessory we've played road hockey so many times where we've had people walking by and obviously we can set up in a zamboni in the driveway people stop and are like what are you guys doing and um, we have all the sticks laid out. We have music going. Uh, we really put up kind of a really cool experience. So we have more times than not, we have people joining up, 
out of the blue that are walking by and they go grab a case of beer and come back. And so for me, it's about trying to make it as minimalist as possible. So as many people can join. Uh, but obviously if you're a kid trying to make it to the NHL and you want to get your reps in, there's a ton of tools out there. So, um, you know, for us is I can't wait for the days when we're allowed to get in close contact into a big road hockey game and just get out there and try to get as many people back playing the sport as soon as possible. Do you guys use a ball or do you guys use like a, I see that. What's that green puck? Is it the green biscuit or something? And they say that that thing's pretty effective. What What do you guys use? Uh, we just we just use like a semi hard ball, like not super soft because it's really like, sticky. Like so. the orange one? Yeah, the orange one with kind of a little bit of a um, little. Ken does not like the super hard orange balls because he is uh, he doesn't want to get hit with them. So I just shoot him at him without him asking. Regardless, like he's standing off on the side, I'll just fire him. But uh, there's, um, yeah, the semi-hard kind of balls there. Just, you know, especially because when we do have people join up, some of them are like 12-year-old, 10-year-old kids that are walking by with their parents. So, you know, you don't want to ring a, a, a kid in the in the dome or a deflection or something with a really hard plug, um, hockey ball. Now, we, uh, we used to be a part of this one association. What was it called? Kasha? The Crest? Yeah. Yeah. amateur street hockey association or something like that this was back in high school and we have a giant park by us called SPAC, and that's like where all the concerts are played and we would meet up at this one pavilion called arenda and we we would just literally hang out there all day and play street hockey and like order wings over and like just like have ourselves a day play music i miss those days uh i dale i know your life was so simple then hey like unbelievable. Just sports friends family now now we're quarantined and everything else right it's uh, i don't even know how and dev what do you guys have on the whole street hockey game yeah i mean one comment on our street hockey league i have a good memory of uh being on the way to a, an actual hockey game on the bus and we started doing the uh the crest street hockey association uh entry draft on the bus and we got pretty stern talking to they didn't like it but it seemed like a good venue to make some good draft picks um so I remember that. Yeah, dude, I my thing on street hockey right now is I'm having some issues because I have blades and I don't really like my well, I like my roller hockey skates a lot, but I have high low wheels and I don't know how I feel about high low wheels and they're torn to shit. So I need outside high low wheels. And I'm pretty sure what that means is basically there's different sizes of wheels on your blade or whatever, but I cannot find that size in like outdoor like asphalt wheel. Yes, you can, dude. You're just no, I can't, dude. It's not on Pier Hockey. It's not on Hockey Monkey. It's not on any website. I can find them for indoors, but I can't find them for asphalt. So mine, mine are like 80 millimeters, the two in the back, and then 76 in the front. So you just need to buy two sets of 76. But those aren't those are not the sizes of my wheels. One and two. Can I just can you just change a toque on a rollerblade? I don't even know if it's called the two. Yeah, no. So that's what Mars Blade. I think they have those. I think that they're called holders in the street hockey realm, I'm pretty sure. But they have, like, their own thing, and, like, I don't, I don't know how they work. Apparently, it's, like, very similar to ice hockey. That is, yeah. So, Landon Kenson has a pair of Mars blades. We've been we've met with them when we were in Let's Play Hockey Expo. And what it is is it simulates skating on ice but in roller. So, um, that that's what the feel you get. So, it's, not, it's a little different on, like, the m- movement from blading – uh, rollerblading to when you're on ice it kind of just if you want to keep that like Landon was an ice is an ice hockey player and we don't play in leagues or anything like that but he wanted to be able to train 
like he's going to play on ice here in the off season and everything. So that's what it's really good for. It's Landon says it's game changer. He'll never wear anything, but uh, you know, I would highly recommend if you guys are interested in one, like that investment for playing that if you're an ice hockey player and like that feel, definitely look into it. I think they've come out now with like a series two or a series three yeah. um, chassis as they call it or whatever that allows you to do your weight transfer, just like you're doing a nice, I've been dying to try them. Have you have you actually skated on them? And you can feel the, the difference? I haven't, but Landon, yeah. I prep Landon. Because, like, the way we do stuff at the cave is, like, Landon's kind of our player. So, like, if uh, we work with a hockey stick company, like, we work with no-name hockey sticks, and Landon's been using them for years. You know, I trust his when we talk about them on, like, live streams or we talk about them in content or vlogs is his review of it. Plus, I use it, but... You know, I'm a I'm a goalie, so like a goalie stick, I'll provide like kind of the primary on it. So Lannon just I know loves the loves that feeling of it. It's like ice, and they've done such a good job with it. I don't know how that's going to translate to like league play and certain things like that because we don't really have many roller leagues here. So everyone listening or you guys who have these teams or uh, season in it, but make sure you look into it because it may not be exactly what you're looking for if you're used to a certain style of blade or brand, but. They mimic the ice feeling so well. That's that, that's crazy. It's totally interesting because um, Jimmy made a comment or Ked made a comment to me the other day, and I felt it too. My first first time out this year, I did like a five mile loop in the state park, and my lower back because I'm like on on my plates. I've got the I've got the Bowers too, but I'm leaning forward like I would on hockey skates, and it's just right in your lower back. The first like mile or two, you're really feeling it and takes a lot to get used used to um it's a great point i remember texting you being like dude like am i just getting old now or is my back (laughs) it's probably a bit of both (laughs) (laughs) oh Uh, man but but yeah dude i'll I'll go a little bit more on this because i've been going i've been going quite a bit like it's been honestly like my my release after work to get out five o'clock nice day there's a beautiful five mile or seven mile like loop in the state park um it's nice i I don't come close into contact with anybody i've been cruising on them um i just for the first couple times i had i lost like the you know the little axle piece that goes in between your wheels my um one of the blades like fell out so i was rocking three wheels on each and then earlier this week my replacement parts came in and i was flying i put a little little bit of uh grease lube on it things were wheeling um and then at the end of my lap one fell out again so luckily i bought one extra but i was kind of pissed What's lube man gotta be careful yes yeah, the speed lube it's the uh speed cream it's called <laughs> of, course. Of, of course it is uh, the positive news for roller hockey too that I was thinking about the other day. So I don't know if you guys have been to a lot of like local parks and stuff like that that have tennis courts, but because of like the pandemic, they're not like move parks and rec isn't like working. They're not putting no nets net. tennis courts. So every tennis court does not have nets right now. So it's like it's like open game and no one's really there because no one uses it for anything else. And there's nothing better than like basketball courts or like tennis courts. And it's like because we don't have like I don't know if it's. it's I know, like, in Quebec, we've talked about this before, and it, it kind of became relevant uh, with the Montreal Canadiens skating on that outdoor ice rink that, like, I always remembered going to summer tournaments in Quebec. There was always roller hockey outside every rink. Um, 
I just, I don't know, man. Like, I wish we had that, but we don't. So I love It's like a no-brainer, dude. Like, you put up an ice rink, and then when it gets summer, you have something else that kids can go use. Like, not the only one that thinks that if you could start off every day with, like, a good, like, skate. A morning skate? Would would you be, like, you know, like, our our drop in hockey here, I think, is, like, if you're just going to play Duffer, it's called. It's at, like, 11.30, and I'm like, God, I just wish there was something that, like, like eight or nine o'clock that I could like go in, like maybe push my day back a few hours, but get a good like skate in, you know, sweat shower and then like ready to go. Cause I feel like nothing a gets me like excited to like for the morning, you know, like instead of like oh, another day of work or whatever it may be, it's like, I'm pumped to get hockey. Like the gear is ready to go, get up in the morning, get a workout on a sweat and then start the day. I just feel like all of us hockey players would probably just be so much more productive after a nice workout skate, kind of like we got our drug fix of hockey and now we can do the things that we want instead of throughout the day being like, God, I cannot wait for 1045 boys. You know, I can't wait for that. No, you nailed it, dude. Like I, my life would be about a thousand times better if every day I could wake up, go play hockey and then go to work. Like that would be Unbelievable. What if we start a morning skate petition to have bosses pu- push back like one day of the week to like eleven o'clock <laughs> so that they can <laughs> get the morning skate? That I I would love that. I just we used to have a thing called lunch bucket hockey. How do you remember that when you retired from lunch bucket hockey on Facebook video? Maybe I can <laughs> find that and post that out. But we used to do that and like I think that was at like ten o'clock and it was on a weekend. But there was nothing like waking up a little bit early on a Saturday and be like, oh, I'm gonna go get a skate in. Then it's going to be like 1230. The boys are going to have some beers. We're going to hang out and have ourselves a day. So, like, that's that's ideal. And and you're looking forward to it for the whole yeah. week. Yeah, seriously. It's and just, the worst time is right after because it's the longest possible time before that happens again. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know. But, so, yeah, I think that's kind of what we got on the podcast. Do you guys have any other additional topics that you would want to talk about or questions? Or should we just wrap this thing up? Um, I just want to say if anybody's been listening to this and does want to check out the Hockey Journey movie, you can get it at HockeyJourney.com. Make sure you guys go check out um, Kane Van Gates' YouTube. I recommend if you uh, if you, you really wanted to get into this, go watch a bunch of his episodes on YouTube. They're hilarious. He does a lot of fun stuff. And that'll give you an idea of the character and kind of the premise for it. But it leads right into the movie. And uh, they did such a great job. And Ken and I were you know super pumped to be able to be in St. Louis for the premiere and got to be there for it, and it was packed, and they did such a good job, and they had Center Ice Brewery, with I got a t-shirt here, um, which is the Blues Hockey Bar there, um, with beer and everything for us to attend. It was it was uh, the very well attended, as well as professional premiere. So if you guys want to check that out, any support for uh, Kaner and uh, his endeavor for this, please check out HockeyJourney.com. Especially because you guys got tons of time on your hands, you should be looking to watch some hockey. I highly recommend doing that. And, it, and it's gonna be and it's gonna be perfect timing because if you're a true morning skate fan, you listen to this podcast, you watch the movie, and then we've got Kane coming on, scheduled to come on the pod next week. So that'll be released the week after, I think. So it'll be a perfect way to hear Kane talk about it too. Well, and to circle back to what you said is the big thing I really liked about this once I heard about what they were doing, and you know. The, the intro, I don't know, you guys like the intro to the movie? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, like a little Youngblood flavor there. Um, they actually, a uh, little insight story here, they got uh, the, the rights from the actual people to use that song. So they oh. actually got the artist and all of whoever they needed to to use that song in the movie. 
So oh. that's legitimately the song from the Young Blood, and we're allowed to use it. It's pretty cool. To you with Miss McGill. Let me tell you why. Hal, <laughs> do you have anything else? No, that sounds awesome. I'm gonna have to watch that movie now. Um, no, we I hope need more I hockey don't... movies. That was a little long and short of kind of what I was just gonna say. That I started to interrupt, but like we just needed. We need more hockey movies. We need more real hockey movies with, you know. As, as this is a goalie great where goalies are not wearing the pads on the wrong legs that needs to happen like immediately i don't know if anyone listens like i'll consult so make sure this doesn't happen it kills the goalie community when we see uh, a little vent here before we end it but um like the all-star stuff or all these places where they have like the goalie pads on these like dummies they always have them on wrong legs it kills oh, goalie community. They get it wrong, even their official NHL stuff, and it kills us. So, please, if anyone's out there, please make sure you get it right. <laughs> Talk to the before putting your pads on, huh? Jesus. Yeah. You think they let's see more hockey movies, yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, we will see you guys Sunday. Uh, be sure to check Jordy out, Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave. He'll be on again. Jordy, thanks for popping on. This was fun. And, uh, yeah. Wait, Dale? Yeah, I want Get get yourself some blade shades. Sun's coming out. Get the blade get the roller blades on. Get the blade shades popping. Bladeshades.com. That's another uh, no brainer. No brainer. All right, guys. Well, we will we will see you guys on Sunday. Make you